Welcome, my fellow traders, and Merry Christmas. We're pleased to have you here with us at Truth Is Now Treason. Now, we realize that because of our special guest today, there are going to be many of you listening for the first time. So you might be asking, what is Truth Is Now Treason? Truth Is Now Treason is a podcast where we focus on current events and we look at them from a biblical point of view. Also, we cover other topics and we look at what does the Bible have to say about them. This one is one of our special episodes we call Meet the Traitor. And the traitor that you're going to meet today, and we call her a traitor because the world, if you speak the truth, they see you as a traitor. And this is definitely a woman who speaks the truth. This is Meet the Traitor, episode two, Traitors. And we have a guest on here that I just love. And her name is Cindy Maggart. Welcome, Cindy, to our episode today. Well, thanks so much for having me, and I love you too, Lennox and Dietrich. So we're going to introduce everybody to you today. And so as our start question, we'd like to ask you just to tell us a little bit about yourself. Give a description of what your life was like before two years ago. Well, before two years ago, I was a 71-year-old, very active, healthy grandma, mom, Bible teacher, small business owner. I loved working in the yard and just enjoyed my life living in the country. And I remember being a part of that small group that you were leading, and I loved coming every Tuesday morning. You just were just so good, Cindy. thank you. I enjoyed it a lot. I guess it'll be almost two years ago. Right. You had some news that changed your life. Tell our audience what that was. Okay. What happened was one morning in the shower, I noticed some swelling, which was unusual. thought I had a bug bite. But very quickly, that turned into a diagnosis of stage 3 metastatic inflammatory breast cancer and triple negative. Only 5% of women who get breast cancer get this kind. And only 2% of that 5% are triple negative, which limits the options for treatment. Wow. Yeah, wow. Wow. So 5% get this diagnosis. So you got this diagnosis then which obviously isn't a good diagnosis. Describe this horrific experience. Give us a summary of kind of like what your life has been since you've gotten that diagnosis. Well, the shock set in pretty quick. It's like, what in the world? Um, And the prognosis we were given really set us down that most women don't live more than five years after being diagnosed with this type of breast cancer. So we started some really aggressive chemo treatment made me really sick. Um, I was bald as a baby's bottom within two (laughs) days, within two days of the treatment. Following that, a radical bilateral mastectomy, so both breasts gone. Radiation therapy just to have the cancer return within weeks of not even finishing 38 radiation treatments. Then a second round of immunotherapy and chemotherapy started Last, I'm going to say February, March, and by May, I was so toxic from all the poison that was trying to kill the cancer, was destroying my healthy cells that I ended up in the hospital near death. Hmm. It's been rough. It has been rough. And at that point, I decided to stop treatment. I said no more. It just was continuous. It was not successful. It had totally disrupted my life. One of the most heartbreaking things, I try not to cry, is my grandson graduated from high school and I was too sick to go. And it just that just broke my heart. And I was like, this is not living. I am done. 
So I stopped uh, all treatment and um, the cancer returned and it's spreading today. So doctors have told me that I have months left, not years, but cancer can't limit your days. Only God can. Mm -hmm. It's the cancer spreading. The doctors are giving you a limited time. Mm -hmm. What are you choosing to do now? Well, um, I said no more treatment. I was done. But then we did a blood test that showed that this type of cancer may be responsive to an immunotherapy. And I said, maybe, you know, it's just, we'll see. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but what I was, what I was counseled is that if uh, it does at least prolong the disease or prolong the disease or slow down the disease. Okay. The progress, Mm -hmm. then we can get through a beautiful holiday period with my family. I can do things that I need to get done. You know, who gets this kind of opportunity to say, okay, you have maybe six months, maybe a little longer, you know, so I'm like, okay, let's try that. See if we can have some beautiful, memorable times with my family Give me some more time to do God's work because that's all I'm about mm-hmm. and uh, while I feel good. And so we just started the immunotherapy. Um, I've had one infusion, got another one next week. It's once every three weeks for as long as I can tolerate it. Hmm. And we'll okay. see if it works. And but how long does this go on? Well, actually, I will continue doing this as long as the side effects aren't life limiting. Um, you know, I don't know at this point if there will be, um, you know, if we'll know if it's working. It's because I've told him I didn't want any more tests, no more CAT scans, no more PET scans. That alone is a lot of torture for you to put through your body. You put all this nuclear medicine inside you, and then you've got to work that out. Mm-hmm. And so it makes you sick. So I said, no more of that, but we'll try the immunotherapy and we will do it every three weeks for as long as I can tolerate it. And that could be years or it could be months. You know, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. But if it, you know, if it gives me a little more time to do God's work and make some great memories with my husband, my children, my grandchildren, and now my nine great grandchildren, (laughs) (laughs) you know, then I'm all for that. In your first blog, and I read it and it was just so touching. What stood out to me was, You stated that most people ask God when they get something like this or have something like this happen to them, why me, God? Mm -hmm. But you put it Mm -hmm. a little bit differently in your blog. How did you pose that question? Well, I actually uh, had a lot of friends and family even saying, why you? Why you? And I would say, why not me? And they just look at me kind of funny. But, you know, the truth is, in John chapter 15, Jesus gives us a whole prescription of how we're to live our life in the vine. And he tells us that he's sending the Holy Spirit. And then at the very end of that, and the beginning of 16, he says that he is doing this so that we will have peace because in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Well, I'm his follower and he's already told me I'm going to have trouble. Why? Why would this not happen to me? And, and since it has, I also am really clinging to the promise in Romans eight twenty eight that tells us for every follower of Christ that no matter what happens, 
all the things that the enemy meant for evil, that he means for good, and he will use this, even this suffering, this horrible diagnosis, the the tough treatment I've been through, that he'll use this for my good because I'm called as a believer in Christ according to his purpose. And as I was saying this early on, and I would say it to other cancer patients I would meet, why not me? I asked the Lord to begin to open up opportunities for me to first experience his peace and joy and love, and then to be able to share it. That's amazing story. I mean, amazing testimony. I mean, not too many people would be able to do that. You know, most people would be devastated. You seem to have a calmness and a peace and even a joy. (laughs) How do you do that? Well, I will tell you, um, I don't want to pretend, and I won't, that, you know, for the past almost two years that I have been happy and full of joy and no tears because there have been plenty of tears. Um, But there is a peace that comes when you abide in the vine, when the word of God is your sustenance. I mean, there were nights when I was in so much pain because in the middle of all that treatment, I fell and broke six ribs on the ice (laughs) after the mastectomy. Can you even imagine? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. So I was in so much pain. I really, honestly, there were days that I cried when I woke up because I was hoping I didn't. And that's, you know, that's just honest. Mm -hmm. But during those nights in all of that pain, I would open the app on my phone where a sweet voice would read the word to me and I would lay in the dark and just listen to his word and it would fill me with peace and it would give me the strength to go another day, mm-hmm. knowing that if he's given me another day, there's a purpose in this day. And I don't think it was just to suffer. I think it was to experience him in ways that I had never or never would experience him before without going through this journey. Mm-hmm. You shared with Dietrich and me when we were at your house a story about how you were at the doctor's office, Mm -hmm. the cancer treatment, and you saw another man going through something similar. Can you share with our listeners that story? I will. Um, This just happened October 27th. So it's been recent. It's the first infusion of the chemotherapy, or not the chemotherapy, the immunotherapy. And I was a little nervous going into it because I didn't know what kind of side effects I'd get. Well, I got there and it was crowded. I mean, there was one chair left and it was back in a corner and it was right next to a man who looked like he was probably leaving this earth pretty soon. He was deathly thin and yellow and almost incoherent. He couldn't, you know, he was just confused. And I could tell he was really sick. And his wife sat in front of him, facing him as he got the transfusion of all the chemo. And I just began to weep. You know, thankfully, we were wearing masks. (laughs) It wasn't real obvious, but I had tears just running down my face thinking, you know, he is very close to eternity. And um, praying and asking the Lord to give me an opportunity to, to say something to him, to say something to his wife to pray over him, whatever you want me to do, Lord, please just open the door. And about that time, his wife said to him, um, and I won't use his name, but honey, uh, this isn't helping, is it? And he was, and he cried out and he said, no, and I'm done. And I want this off. 
and the cancer had moved to his bones, she told me. And the nurse came and began to unhook him because he told the nurse with his own voice, I'm done, please, no more. Because it was making him really sick and it wasn't healing him. And I sure could understand that. So I watched as that was happening. My infusion of the immunotherapy was pretty quick. So I was done about the same time he was. And they began to unhook us. And I went to the bathroom and I just prayed in there, Lord Jesus, please open the door. Give me a chance to say something to him before he's gone. And I walked out of the bathroom toward the door and she was coming behind me, his wife, with him in a wheelchair. So we got outside the doors and she said, hang on, honey, I'm going to go get the car. And I said, I won't leave him. I will stay here with him. And he reached up and held my hand and I stood there with him while his wife left. And immediately I looked at him and I said, do you know Jesus? And he looked up at me and he said, yes. And he said, will you pray with me? (laughs) And so I did. I prayed with him and we talked then about, you know, where that Jesus was going ahead of us and preparing a place for us. And I said, your house is about ready. And he said, yes. About that time, his wife got there and um, we stood him up out of the wheelchair and he turned and hugged me and he said, I'll see you there. Yes. That was beautiful. It was. I just haven't had that out of my head in a long time. But this is exactly what I'm asking the Lord for. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to be that vehicle where if this is what I have to go through to be there, you know, then then it's worth it. Because Mm -hmm. eternity matters so much more than here. You know, we've read in the word that our life is a vapor. And um, these 73 years have gone by pretty darn fast. (laughs) Raised my beautiful kids, you know, spent wonderful years with my husband. And, you know, life's hard. All life, you know, a lot of life is hard. Raising kids is hard. You know, being married is hard. You know, all of those things are difficult. But this is the hardest thing I've ever Mm -hmm. been through. And, but, what? This is the hardest thing I've ever been through, but this is the closest most intimate I have ever been with the Lord Jesus. He speaks to me. I know he's with me. I have felt his arms around me and I've heard his voice pointing me here and there. And can I say one more thing? You said something about the joy. My youngest daughter, when she heard the latest prognosis was pretty upset. Well, all of them were, but she said to me, mom, it's almost like you're excited. I don't understand that. (laughs) And I kind of laughed because you know, I was like, you know, you're right. And I'm excited because I know where I'm going. You're going to see Jesus. I'm going <laughs> to see Jesus. I'm going to see Jesus. And I've begun to read about heaven, a wonderful book by Randy Alcorn called Heaven. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you're going somewhere. You're going to be there a long time, never been there before. So why wouldn't you want to find out all you can about it? And the word is full of information. We just have to dig it out. Randy Alcorn's done that for us. So yeah, I, I, I am a little excited about getting there. And you are definitely <laughs> an example for the rest of us on taking something that could be just terrible, but you're you're allowing God to take that and turn it into something good. And, and you're willing to be used whatever days you have left, yeah, you know, and that's just yeah. truly amazing to me. Well, I just praise the Lord because I sure haven't done that on my own. 
And, you know, God has done some real miracles during this journey. We have seen family reunited. We have seen relationships healed in our family because of this. And hallelujah. Praise Mm -hmm. God. I'll take it. You know, one thing I really liked when we talked to you last time, you mentioned how God has moved you out into the world more to interact with people. Could you give us just a little bit about that? Sure. I live out in northern Miami County in the middle of cornfields and soybean fields in a little brick house. And if, you know, before cancer, I, um, the only place I went was to church and the grocery. And so, you know, I'd hear sermons about, you know, you gotta, you know, in your workplace and different things you've got to witness. And I really didn't have anybody to witness to. The only vehicle I had was social media. Oh, well, (laughs) you know, but I did try and use that some, but now I am out and I have been for two years. I've been in doctor's offices. I've been in hospitals. I've been in waiting rooms for testing and there's always plenty of people and ones who God will send me to. And, you know, one of the people that he sent me to that had, I think the Lord touched the most was my chemotherapy infusion RN and bless her heart. She has gone through some tough stuff, but I've been able to pray for her mm-hmm. and, you know, listen to what God is doing in her life as her husband was deployed and then came home and she lost her dad. I wouldn't have been there for her, you know, to give her this encouragement and, and, you know, kind of lead her into the word where she could find peace if I weren't suffering this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think what you said right there is the fulfillment of Romans eight twenty eight. Absolutely. This is God using something that, you know, we are going to see as horrible, but he turns it so often into something beautiful. Right. So what is the name of your blog that you're doing? And if somebody wanted to read your blog, tell our listeners how they could find it. The name of my blog is God is Bigger Than This Monster. This monster being inflammatory breast cancer because they don't really give you any hope. But God is bigger. And if you want to find it, uh, it's pretty easy. It's just God is bigger than this monster, all lowercase, dot blogspot.com. And it just with that link, it'll bring up the ones that I've already written, mm-hmm. the welcome is first, and then I'm trying to number them to go through the progression of the his- history of the journey. And still working on that till we're not to today just yet. And listeners, I challenge you to, to go there and read her blogs. I know what I've read has been really inspiring. And so we want you to check that out. Please. And Cindy, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. I know that those who are listening are going to be truly touched as we are. Well, thank you so much for having me and all praise and glory to the Lord. And thank you for what you're doing to inform people of the truth. Thank you. You're welcome. Love you guys. We love you. To our audience who is listening, we ask that you share this episode with somebody who needs to hear it. And be sure to check out our other episodes or on every platform, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Apple. And if you like Truth Is Not Treason, be sure to follow us, especially on Facebook. Like and follow us. And then when you see our posts, like them so that way somebody else can see Truth Is Not Treason. Thank you for joining us. 
Until next time, my fellow traders. <laughs>